Well, I want to welcome you today to the Hills Church at Home. Whether you're watching Sunday at 10 o'clock uh, with us at our normal service time, or you're catching up throughout the week, or maybe some other time, we're so glad that you're a part of this. In fact, let me encourage you to do one thing uh, with me before we get started. You can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org, and you can download the message notes and the kids' activity sheet. Oh, it's so important. But I encourage you to download those because we highlight those verses, but it's important that you take the opportunity to go back and read those verses yourselves uh, and allow uh, God to speak to you. Well, I want to start today. In fact, um, we are celebrating Palm Sunday. I know a lot of times uh, maybe you feel like, well, I've heard that story before, but we know that God is new every morning. We also know that his word can speak to us. And we could, we could have been reading this story for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, and he has something that he wants to teach to us about Palm Sunday. In fact, before the first verse we read, um, when we look at this, you know, Jesus, he's taught in the synagogues. He's healed the sick. He's raised the dead. He's walked on water. He's fed the multitudes. He has talked with so many people, even individually. But now he enters Jerusalem for the last week of his earthly life. He would humbly, as we'll see those verses today, he would humbly ride in Jerusalem. He will hear the crowds audibly shout Hosanna, which means save now. He's going to see the crowds lay, cut down palm branches, lay them down, wave palm branches, lay down their coats so that he can come in. But in a matter of a few days, those same people are probably the ones shouting crucify him. This last week, he would be rejected, denied, mocked, beaten, spit upon. He would be um, crucified, but death would not hold him down. He would rise again. One of the most powerful verses that I think can um, really give us a picture of what Jesus was about to go through before we go into this Palm Sunday is out of Isaiah chapter 50, verse 7. I want you to listen to this. It's got an interesting analogy. It says, for the Lord God will help me. Therefore, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like flint, and I know that I will not be ashamed. Now, this is one of those prophetic verses. This is one of those verses uh, that we really read into to picture Jesus now coming into Jerusalem. But interesting wording, right? Therefore, I have set my face like flint. You know, flint is that hard, hard, coarse stone. Flint is where when it's rubbed together, it causes a spark which can start uh, a fire. So it's a prophetic picture of Jesus knowing all of the events of the very last week, but he set his face, he hardened his face. He was going to go through what he had to go through. 
You know, I don't know if, if you've ever gone through a week where you know at the end of the week is going to be the worst thing that you've ever gone through and you try to put it off. You try to sleep in. You, you try to cancel it. You try to do whatever you can do to not have to go through that pain. Well, Jesus knew everything that he was about to experience. Yet he would start the week off with all of the shouts and the praises and the the, the song, if you would, almost branches and coats. But at the end of the week, he would empty himself all alone. In fact, I love this one verse that Jesus says in John chapter 10, verses 17 and 18. Therefore, my father loves me because I lay down my life that I might take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to take it again. This command I have received from my Father. You know, Jesus will do this on the cross. He will say those words, it is finished. The Father gave him the power and the authority to lay down his life. He was doing it on his own. And he would show that even coming into this week with the people and the things that they say. Now, this whole Palm Sunday, which I, I think is always important for us to remember, is a prophetic event. It had been prophesied. In fact, we read in Psalm 118, Verses 25 through 26, it says this, Save now, I pray, O Lord, O Lord. I pray, send now prosperity. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. Notice that verse, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Save now, that was back then the Hebrew word, Hosanna. That's what the people are going to be shouting. It's prophetic. Save now. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Well, then the prophet Zechariah picked this up and gave us a little bit more detail into that prophetic event. And he writes this in Zechariah 9.9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, a foal of the donkey. Well, that's prophetically exactly what's about to happen that week. It's almost as if this one event that really doesn't fulfill um, anything in the people's hearts towards Jesus, but it was an event that was prophetically done. Jesus was making sure that everything prophesied would be fulfilled until he laid his life down at the cross. You know, we pick up uh, and we read this verse that gives us a picture really of what's taking place in Matthew chapter 15, verse eight. These people draw to me with their mouth. They honor me with their lips but their heart is far from me. You know, when we get into the story, in fact, I'm, I'm going to give you the reference here, and I encourage you today uh, to sit down and read Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 through 11, 
and specifically look at the actions of the people. You know, it starts off with Jesus sending the disciples into town and they are to look and they are to find this colt, right? Uh, this small donkey and they're to get it. And if they're asked what they're doing, they are to say that the Lord has need of it. That's exactly what took place. Yet Jesus will begin to ride into Jerusalem on the back of this uh, little donkey. And it's a sign of humility. We saw that when Saul was appointed king. In fact, there's a stirring that's really that's taking place. It's interesting that Jesus, he's walked hundreds of miles in his ministry by now and in his life. And the only trans other transportation he has is a boat. Now he's going to come in on this colt into Jerusalem fulfilling these verses, and yet there's a there's an excitement that's taking place in Jerusalem. In fact, I think the disciples probably even thought, this is why we walked away from everything. Now, this week, Jesus, he's going to be shown as king. He's going to take his place in the temple. You know, this is all what we have been believing for. But what's interesting, the crowds, if you read those verses, the crowds are shouting in front of him. The crowds are shouting behind him. Hosanna, save now, save now. They weren't talking about salvation in their heart. They were talking about being saved from a Roman occupation, becoming a nation un unto themselves. They're laying down their coats, their branches. They're waving branches around. And this was that one event that probably in their minds that Jesus now would be elevated, take his place as Messiah, as king. In fact, in uh, verse 10, there's a powerful word we read. It's just the word that Jerusalem's moved. And it's a, the Greek word really is translated sizo, which is where we get our word seismic seismic shaking. That's exactly what was taking place. There was an emotional shaking taking place within Jerusalem. There was already that picture that this could be it. Our Messiah, he had already done all of these healings and feedings and raising the dead and all of his teachings. This is it. There's an emotional moving in the city that they're following. And yet we know that something changes in as Jesus exits from this celebration. And here's what becomes so powerful. And here's what I wanted us to look at and to focus in today. Luke chapter 19, verse 41 through 44. This is talking about Jesus. Now, as he drew near, he saw the city. He sees Jerusalem and he wept over it saying, if you had known, even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. For days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you and close you in on every side and level you and your children within you to the ground. And they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. 
Now, let me read that first part. As he drew near over the city, he wept over it. In fact, there's another translation that you can read on there. It, one of the things when we use the word, oh, you know, it looked like they were crying or weeping, you know, because somebody noticed tears. No, this is a picture of Jesus um, audibly crying, probably something that became very, very emotional. He weeps over Jerusalem. And you know what he's weeping over? He's not weeping over that today they didn't receive him, which they didn't. He's seeing ahead to the year 70 AD, where Titus would come from Rome with Roman soldiers, and they would literally destroy Jerusalem. In fact, it's been said in history that they surrounded the city and let people starve to death within the walls of Jerusalem before they completely tore it down. Jesus prophetically sees ahead. Jesus also sees even in that day that the people's words were with him, but their hearts were far from him. They didn't understand why he came. And he's coming in and showing humility. He's also showing peace that's coming in. And they are looking at the here and now, and Jesus is looking down the road. In fact, he's going to see the Jewish people scattered after 70 AD again. And he's also going to see the, the Christians scattered. And he's going to say, you know, there was this opportunity and time of visitation and nobody grabbed a hold of it. And that caused him to weep uncontrollably. But you know what he didn't do? He didn't turn around and go the other way and say, you know what, this whole thing's not going to work. No, he knew that he had to lay down his life and lay it down for those people. You know, everything about what Jesus has said and done is not only prophetic, it's not only a now, it's not only the here to come, but you know, it's also things that we will experience in heaven. In fact, Revelations chapter seven, verse nine through 10 says this, after these things, John writes this, I looked and behold a great multitude, which no one could number, all of all nations, tribes, and peoples, and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God, who sits upon the throne and unto the Lamb. Interesting that even in heaven, we get that picture of those palm branches. You know, my title today is When Jesus Visits. Jesus always visits with peace. Jesus always visits with something prophetic. Jesus always wants to come to you today and now and to work on those places in your heart. Here's what's important. Jesus always visits. There will not be anyone that will not have an opportunity to say, I did not know. You know, even in our day-to-day, with the media and things that we have, whether it's videos or podcasts or um, email or text message, so many things of the gospel have been sent out, especially in the last few years, all around the world. You know, you can almost go to every country in the world. It doesn't matter how remote it is that somebody somewhere has a phone, right? Some type of cell phone to connect and get interaction. 
and Jesus is coming. He had that witness that day. He had the witness that week and he was on the cross in front of them and he would rise again. And there were people that would not believe, but he came to give them an opportunity in a visitation and he came in peace. He didn't make anybody bow at the foot of the cross. He didn't make everybody show up so that he could rise again at the empty tomb. He allowed for that opportunity and to choose him. The people chose that day on Palm Sunday to celebrate. And yet we know that some of them were the part that said for him to be crucified. They were following with the crowd. You know, I think that's something today. It's so easy to just follow along. But when we follow Jesus, we're going against everything that culture says to do. And what Jesus wants to do with us today is he wants to visit us. He wants to speak and direct our heart. And just like he came in and he provided his own transportation that day, he didn't come in like the Romans would come in on a big stallion with uh, swords and shields and, and armament. He came in humbly and with peace. You know, we know that's what he does to us is he's the one knocking on the door of our hearts. He's that gentle whisper that we hear. He's the one that he uses other people to speak to us or to connect with us. He sends people across our path. He's always doing that. He's always visiting, giving us an opportunity. He's always directing us. But many times our hearts are so far away and we're not taking time to listen. But I pray today that wherever you are, however you're listening to this, that you would take that time to listen to what Jesus is saying. He's always speaking. He's always visiting. He's always directing. He's not dropping you off. You might feel abandoned. You're not abandoned. You're not misdirected. There is always hope and direction in him, but are you, are you listening? He came on that Palm Sunday for the people to receive him. He looked at Jerusalem and he could see ahead of people that would reject and what would happen. And he wants to make sure to every, to each and every one of us that we have that opportunity of a visitation, of a personal interaction with him. You know, if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, or you've been running in a whole different direction I pray that this season where we celebrate that he rose from the dead, that you don't run from him, you don't run from the words that you've heard, but you make that personal relationship with him. In fact, we say a prayer each and every week that comes out of Romans 10, 9, and 10, and the power of it is if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. So I would encourage you as we read uh, this prayer together, maybe you're listening, just say this prayer after me and allow it to be something that you believe in your heart and that you speak with your mouth. Pray this with me. Dear God, I believe that Jesus lived, died, and rose again for me. I accept him as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me of all of my sins. And today I begin my relationship with you. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And if you prayed that for the very first time or you, you, you took that opportunity to pray it again, what we would call your rededicating your life, I would so encourage you to reach out to us like others have done. You can do so through the website. You can do so with the social media platform that you're watching. Encourage you to do so. <clears throat> encourage you to dive in and read those gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and experience Jesus. For those of us that are already believers and we walk with the Lord, these are days and opportunities um, that we get a chance. In fact, we should always be thinking about people that we interact with. Would the Lord have something for us to say? Is there somebody for us to connect with? Is there somebody that we run in the store today and everybody's wearing a mask and nobody looks at one another, but is there that opportunity that we can say something or catch eyes? It's so important that we're not disconnected with people, but we're looking for opportunities to connect because that's the Lord using us in these days. So I wanna pray for us too, Lord. Even in a time where we're told to separate and to be apart, Father, I pray we press in to and be sensitive to your spirit that there are people out there that are open, their hearts are open, they're hurting. And let us not rush through places, let us be sensitive so that we can be your laborers, your helpers, because Jesus wants to visit them in this day. Thank you, Lord, that I am sensitive to your spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, as we receive our tithes and offerings, I want to read this uh, couple verses to us today. This is out of Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 21. It says this, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, is where your heart will be also. It's interesting that Jesus talks about um, the setting up treasures in heaven. You know, there's so much talk today of this um, electric or cryptocurrency where you don't have a physical dollar that you would hold. You don't have physical silver or physical gold that would even back anything up. It's all electronic. In fact, it's a great picture for us when we give unto the Lord. In fact, we know that everything that we have, whether it's a shirt or a watch or whatever you have, it is going to fade away. I've never performed a funeral where the hearsts has a U-Haul trailer or is towing a boat of the person. You know, you don't take anything with you when you go on to be with the Lord. But here's what you do take. As you give, as Jesus mentioned, you're investing in a heavenly kingdom. In fact, it's even connecting here on earth for opportunities that those are for people to, to grow in Christ, for people to have the ability to accept and to hear him for those to reach out into different communities. So it's it's an investment in an eternal, eternal reward that won't be eaten by moth or destroyed by rust or be some uh, cryptocurrency that could be there one day and gone the next. 
It's an eternal reward. And so as we give today, I want us to pray this prayer together and make it personal between you and your Father God. As I give in today's offering, my life is to be lived as a person who knows where to put my treasures. My giving is an investment in the ministry that touches people for eternal destinies. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. If you're giving today, you can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. You can click on the Give button. It's on the top right-hand screen. It's safe, fast, and secure. You can also, also write to us by mail. And our address is the Hills Church P.O. Box 661419, Arcadia, California, 91066. And the Lord bless you as you're investing into his kingdom and you're helping fulfill his ministry on the earth today. All right. want to encourage you this next week. Uh, it's early this year. You know, Palm Sunday is early. Here we are, end of uh, March, but the beginning of April, April 4th, Easter Sunday. I want to encourage you a couple opportunities that you can join with us. You can join us on our church campus in person, indoor. You can join us on the church campus uh, outdoor in our outdoor courtyard. Or you can join us online or by our podcast. So I'll give you a few opportunities to join us. But Easter is right around the corner well, where we get to celebrate our God is not dead. Jesus rose from the dead and we get to celebrate that. I want to encourage you to be a part and invite somebody. Invite somebody one of those ways to come be a part of our Easter celebration as we celebrate the risen Lord Jesus. Well, as we do each and every week, is one of the verses that we pray over our people every single day. Psalm 121, 1 and 2, and it says, I look up, up to the hills. But where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. I pray that you take these verses that we went over today. Let it be something that you study and you read. I pray that it causes you to hunger and thirst for more. I pray today for you that Jesus visits you. And as Jesus visits you, you become so enthralled with what he's doing in your life that you've got to tell somebody else what he's up to and that this week that you are blessed in all that you do. We are praying for you and may you be in health. In Jesus' name we pray. Have a great week. The Lord bless you.